everybody, and welcome to episode 226 of our Sounds Atlantic podcast. Well, in our last episode, we featured the second in an ongoing off-again series about music in eastern Canadian Appalachia. So far, we put the spotlight on two artists from the great northern peninsula of Newfoundland, and today we're moving south to the Port O' Port Peninsula to put the spotlight on another francophone Newfoundlander in the person of Emile Benoit. So don't move from where you are. Stay right where you're to. I'll be right back where you're at with all of this and more in a finger snap. Florist Colin Quigley, who did his master's degree at Memorial University, Newfoundland, or MUN as it's affectionately called, and finished his PhD at the University of California, has written that fiddling is one of the most pervasive genre of traditional instrumental music in North America. With a history dating to the earliest colonial settlement, North American fiddling demonstrates both continuities with old world sources and a variety of new world manifestations, widely represented in commercial recording as well as subject to an intensive revival with its attendant collections and instructional materials and the like, North American fiddling is also the subject of a growing body of scholarly literature. Now, the music of Émile Benoit exemplifies the fiddling tradition in a small French-speaking region on the west coast of Newfoundland, that's the Port of Port Peninsula. Exposed to music derived from Old World French, Scots, Irish and English, and New World French-Canadian, Cape Breton, and American, as well as other Irish and Anglo-Newfoundland sources, fiddlers in Emile's music community follow the most widely shared parameters of North American fiddling tradition. So that's a few basic rhythms and relatively quick tempos for step and figure dancing predominate, along with waltzes, for example. Now, the playing of slower non-dance tempo instrumental airs isn't common among musicians in this area, although those fiddlers on the port of port most influenced by Cape Breton and Scottish models do perform medleys in changing rhythms and tempos. While played in differing instrumental ensembles in various regions and styles throughout North America, in French Newfoundland, the fiddle is predominantly a solo instrument, although the more recent influences of American country music often combines this with a guitar. During our feature on Rufus Skinchard last week, we described how he would play for dances all up and down the west coast of the Great Northern Peninsula. On the other hand, Emile Benoit's style and frames of reference were different. Jim Payne recalls the differences between these two amazing fathers of the Newfoundland fiddle. Or c compare and contrast. Oh. For example, if somebody said, well, how would I recognize Emile's work and how would I recognize Rufus's work? What would yeah, the well, distinction they, they be? They represent two entirely different uh, branches of the traditional music, you know, scene in the in the province. I mean, given that uh, Emile, you know, from the Port of Port, for example, uh, you know, entirely his his background was in was entirely French, right? So a lot of his music was from the French traditions on the Port of Port. And one of the more distinctive 
things, I guess, be, uh, between the two is that where roofs, put, I mean, on the most basic level, I mean, roofs mostly played jigs, whereas Emil mostly played reels. Interesting. And, and that is representative of their their two specific uh, traditions. I mean, the dancing on the Northern Peninsula, the square sets and so on, was mostly done done to to jigs. Whereas on the port of port, I mean, a lot of a lot more of the dances were done to to reels. So that's you know just the most basic level on which they they were different. Uh, as they, but they were different in personality. I mean, Emil was much more of a showman, a composer, whereas Ruth was 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 not a showman. He was very quiet on the stage. He just he was a functional player, uh, primarily for playing for dances. So you know he didn't even like speaking to a microphone. Whereas Emil could wax eloquently about his tunes and tell stories and and so on and and for all, you know by all appearances loved loved to be on the stage in front of a microphone and in front of an audience whereas Rufus was much more comfortable talking to people when he was just talking one on one he was quite reticent about speaking you know publicly and into a microphone for instance I gather Emil had a terrific sense of humor uh, well he was a character you know <laughs> uh, no questions it was a, he was a yeah, full of fun, devilment, and so on. You know, whereas Rufus was as well, but in a, in a more familial setting, for example. You know, when he was among people he knew, whereas Emil was was quite an extrovert, no matter who was around. Now, during his lifetime, Emil Benoit released three albums during his career, starting with Emil's Dream in 1979. It comes from the heart in 1982, and Vive la Rose in 1992. These were not, however, the only recordings to exhibit the talent of Emile Benoit. He also appeared in the Walt Disney production Portraits of Canada at Expo 86 and was featured in a British Broadcasting Corporation-aired film entitled The Magic Fiddle and in From the Heart, Canadian Folk Artists that was part of the CBC Spectrum documentary series. From It Comes From The Heart, his second album, let's get right into Mr. Benoit's music by listening to him introduce three selections, beginning with Les Patates Brûlées, or The Burned Potatoes, A La Gérard Thomas, and Michael T. Wall's Breakdown, and Le Riel d'Hélène. Oui. I put the sauhead ici, puis je vais Thomas. Un couple de nains, ça. Alors, j'étais tout ça, bien, madame. Et moi, j'étais son, son, son grand ami. J'avais pas de femme alentour, ni à rien. Et puis, on commençait à faire la cuisine, on commençait à avoir faim. Et ça donnait qu'il avait une canne de corn beef, hein. Quand il frère qu'il appelait. Et, euh, ah, ben moi, il dit qu'il y avait une canne à quand il frère. Puis, j'ai reçu une patate avec ça, il dit, ça se croit que ça sera bon, mais je te dis, je te pense, si ça sera bon. Ah, allez, tu fous la petite patate dans le pot, là, puis la bouille, là, puis tu tues ça, puis la prends dans le quand il frère, puis le le bras tout le temps, puis je t'en garantis que ça fait un beau repas. Là. C'est bien, alors je pleure les patates, je lui donne la main à pleurer les patates. Puis là, je fous dans le pot. Là, c'est bien. Là, ça marche, là, ça bouille. Et je dis, euh, tout d'un coup, là, je dis, Jarrell, je dis, euh, c'est patates, ça bouille, tu suis ça. 
Oh, il ça doit. À moi, je m'en vais, puis je l'ai recouvert. Les patates tout noires. Le premier coup que j'ai... Oh, j'ai jamais vu ça. Des patates brûlées dans l'eau. Mais c'est ça. Ben là, je vais composer un reel, puis je l'ai appelé. Les patates brûlées à Gervetamon. Puis bloc comment que ça va. time I went up to um, Nova Scotia, Ontario, and they, got, they had a festival up there, I was asked up there, so I go end up. So anyway, start playing and this and that. I was there for 10 days, and I went 32 times on the, on, the, on the stage with a bunch. Very good. First thing, here I, uh, I meet with uh, Michael T. Wall from Newfoundland. He's a singer, sings songs and all that. A nice man and everything, yeah. I played that one, that special one. So he loved it, he said, uh, do you have a name for it? I said, no, that no name. He said, call it after me. Of course, I said, sure, should be a nice name. Michael T. Waters Breakdown. Sure, <laughs> so, and since that, that's about, I say, oh, six or seven years, or something around the corner. And this way it goes.
peu d'années de ça, vous avez venu, venu à Saint-Jean, et vous avez euh, venu chez euh, Jovel Thomas. Puis c'était temps-là, ça donnait, j'avais composé une jig. C'était une jig au Henri et l'eau, voilà, c'est, 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 c'est mixé. Allez. Il dit, je dis qu'aujourd'hui, c'est la sœur, c'est la naissance de ma sœur. Je dis, oui. Il dit, c'est beau ce que tu joues, là. Je dis, oui, je trouve que c'est beau. Oui, il dit. As-tu un nom pour ça? Je dis, non, je n'ai pas de nom. Il dit, parce que c'est la naissance de ma sœur. Il dit, enfin, il dit, tu ne la bêtises pas, il dit. Le, le riz, la Hélène. Je dis, tiens, c'est bien. Enfin, vous, vous l'avouez. the finest in acoustic roots music brought to you by artists from Newfoundland and Labrador and all of Atlantic Canada. All right, everybody, that was Emile Benoit playing L'Oreal d'Hélène. We backed it with Michael T. Wall's Breakdown and we started off with Les Patates Brûlées. Gérard Thomas. Emile Joseph Benoit was born March 24, 1913, at Black Duck Brook Pond on the Port of Port Peninsula. Holy cow, a couple of months ago, I was within a couple of kilometers of his house, but I only know. Emile was a product of the two groups that founded the French culture in Newfoundland and whose descendants continue to propagate the province's French identity to this day the Acadians, and the Metropolitan French. I might note here that many in Acadian fled to the west coast of Newfoundland following their expulsion in the 18th century. Black mark on Canadian history, to be sure. In fact, the town of Stephenville, for example, was founded by Acadian Stephen Galland. In fact, immigrants from all over French Acadia and even St. Pierre and Miquelon found their way to Bay St. George in the port of Bourg Peninsula. Jim Payne and I discussed this recently. Jim, any idea where he would have gotten the preponderance of his influences back then? Who? Uh, well, uh, you know, from the French players that that went before him, right? Any There's names been... come to mind of those people? Uh, not really, because I mean, I don't really know of the specifically the names of players because they were way before my time. I mean, they were people that Emil would have learned to play from. For example, when he was quite a young man, I mean, he died in. 
1992? Something like that. It's, uh, I can't remember exactly what yeah, year it was. 92. But one of the things that I find fascinating is that uh, he came from the port of port and the port of port was settled uh, in part by uh, by by Mi'kmaq and and, uh, and and French who, who originally I guess were came from the expulsion so so there was a uh, I guess that's predominantly why the francophone ex- existence that was I mean Stephenville was, was founded by Stephen Gallant. Uh, so I guess he would have uh, you know he could have Picked up on on those uh, those traditions that, that originally settled the area, presumably back in the 1780s. Yeah, I think the, the Mi'kmaq presence was really more in the bay, as Bay St. George, perhaps as opposed to not that they weren't on Port of Port, but certainly my impression is that there's a much greater Mi'kmaq presence in, the, in Bay St. George as opposed to the Port of Port uh-huh. itself. Uh-huh. I mean, they're adjacent to one another and and the uh, I mean and the French population really runs from the valley from Codboy Valley to Port Port right the so, French population being as in from France rather than well uh, from France I mean St. Pierre Magdalen Islands I mean the Magdalen Islands were part of the Dominion of Newfoundland for a period of time yeah. I mean all of that property went back and forth you know St. Pierre Miquelon Magdalen Islands went back and forth between the French and the British while they were fighting over Eastern North America. So depending on the latest treaty, you know, the the, the land base may, may, may have changed, right? <laughs> it's worthy of note that while Emile had no formal training in music and music composition, he was a master of the fiddle and created much of his own music, perhaps as many as 200 songs. Because of his creativity, he was the subject of a doctoral thesis at the University of California that I referenced at the outset entitled Creative Processes in Musical Composition, French Newfoundland Fiddler Emile Benoit. Emile was, however, more than a musician. In addition to being a father, a husband, a farmer, a fisherman, and locally reputed jack-of-all-trades, which saw him serve as doctor, dentist, veterinarian, carpenter, and midwife. He had helped one of his sisters during a rather long and laborious birth by turning the child before delivery. Emil was also a gifted bilingual storyteller, as we'll soon see. Emil left school after completing only three grades. With the responsibility of being the eldest of three sons, he had to support the family when his father died at an early age. At the age of nine, he had begun fishing with his father, and by the age of 15, he was fishing with his brother, Joaquim, then 13. Emil began learning English at the age of 12, and he recovered, uh, sorry, he received his very first real violin at uh, that age as well. He had, however, owned a couple of homemade violins crafted by his father and by his uncle, and it was at that time that he developed a rarely paralleled passion for the fiddle. At 21, he married his first wife, Roseanne, and together they had five children. However, Emil's wife died young with tuberculosis only a couple of weeks after delivering their fifth child, a girl who also died. The 33-year-old widower raised the remaining four children with the assistance of three sisters who moved in to help him out. Seven years later, he married Rita Collier, and they had nine children. And speaking of Stephenville, Emil Benoit died September 2nd, 1992, at the age of 79. 
in the Sir Thomas Roddick Hospital in Stephenville after a bout with bone cancer. Well, although his professional music career began in 1973, when he took second place in a violin contest in Stephenville, Emil Benoit's first public performance date back to his teen years when he would play weddings and dances for free. Throughout the 1970s and 1980s, Emil brought his foot-tapping musical style to one festival after another, both at home in Newfoundland and around the world. Une longue veille at Cap Saint-Georges, the Newfoundland Labrador Folk Festival in St. John's, the Jazz and Heritage Festival in New Orleans, and the Mariposa Festival in Toronto, as well as shows in lands as diverse as France, England, and Norway. In 1980, he went on to tour with Pistroli en Atlantique, a group consisting of popular and traditional Francophone musicians. His career also saw him perform alongside other traditional Newfoundland artists, including Kelly Russell, Noel Dinn and Pamela Morgan, and Jim Bain, all of whom admit to having been shaped in some way or another by his unique style. He appeared on French and English language television and radio programs such as Peter Zosky's 90 Minutes Live, while at the same time playing the bar scene in St. John's and on his native West Coast as well. The 1970s and 80s were exciting times for folk music in Newfoundland and Labrador. As we noted in last week's episode, Rufus Gainshard was largely ignored after the invasion of the jukebox and the accompanying music from the south of the Canadian border. But when the folk revival began in North America in earnest, both Americans and Canadians went on a voyage of music roots discovery. Jim Payne recalls this period and the emerging influence of traditional artists like Emile Benoit and Rufus Gainchard. So, I mean, in those, I mean, those were heady, the heady days of the sort of revival of the, of the tradition. I mean, people were getting back into it and it was kind of an exciting time and we're discovering you know a lot of the older players who who really just emerged from the isolation of their regions of the province i mean they weren't really recognized province-wide for their musical contributions because you know there was no sort of consciousness in the province of the widespread you know traditional music activity that was really being you know, accepted by the, say, wider population as a representative of what Newfoundland and Labrador music was all about, for instance. You know, I mean, everybody knew it existed, but it was something that we were, up until that point, we had been sort of pushing to the background, you know? We, we were we were a part of a new country now, and, you know, we we're supposed to embrace the American, North American way as opposed to, you know, concentrating on our own sort of parochial, provincial, you know, music. So it was, uh, but you know, in the, in the say, let's say the early 70s, early to mid 70s, when the, the the revival of interest in local traditional music sort of started to to wind up again, uh, you know, it was kind of an exciting time because a lot of the younger musicians were discovering for the first time a lot of people like Rufus, like Emil, and and they kind of opened our eyes in many ways to the, the vast musical repertoire that still existed here and that people were still playing albeit in the isolation of their, their regions. And that was the time in which, you know, these people were, were coming out of their regions and being introduced uh, and welcomed by, you know, the, the wider population of the province. As noted earlier, Emil recorded three albums, one of which was recorded in 1982, titled It Comes From The Heart. 
and I thought we'd return to that for three more of his songs that he will introduce either in French or in English, including Le Riel de Pistroli, that was later recorded by Jerry Strong, who we had on the show here a while back. And um, let's see, Roaming Scott, welcome to Holiday Inn. And then we'll wind up with one that I know you're going to recognize. It's called Arrive to St. John. Là, il y, euh, y a un autre sorte qui était en haut à la, à la mountain. Nous voulions là sur un, sur le show, sur la télévision. Bien, le nom du show, c'est la Pustralie. Ben, j'ai composé un ride, puis je l'appelle le ride de la Pustralie. Puis il est en haut là, puis je l'ai joué sur le programme. Uh, little story you got to tell it was something that I composed and I had composed it and was a, a long time playing it by myself and I was kind of shy to play it public even I wouldn't play it to my family so I kept practicing it and I used to love it so one one day the fellow came along his name was Scott he was a traveling agent so I told him the story. So I, uh, he told me to play it. So I played it. Boy, he said, that's good. That sounds good. Play it again. So I played it again. So I had to play it again. So played it again. Well, he says, that's beautiful. Gee, I love that. So good enough. I played it. So I kept on. Now, then I wasn't shy no more. So I, pl- I played it. Played it. Played it. So a little while after, I went into Stimmonville and uh, Figgy Duff was there, you know, and uh, practicing with a band. 
So I went and visited them. So I told them the same story at the time. So I said, Pam and I, she plays the tin whistle. So I said, it'll be, it'll be nice if you put it. That'll be nice, I'll send her the tin whistle, guaranteed. Be good. So I played that in no time she had learned. She learned. So anyway, I put it on the record and then uh, it was only one one piece. But after that, I put two more pieces onto it. So I called it Romy Scott, Welcome to Holiday Inn. So we're going to play it now, me and Pamela. Tin whistle and the violin. Then another time again is always another time. 
I come I would come here to St. John before when the uh, the chief said we'll soon be landing to St. John. So I just listened to that. So I was playing the, the, the violin at the time. So when he said that, it hit in my brain. Wow, I'll arrive in the St. John. <laughs> and there's the way it goes. Sounds Atlantic with Ron Moores. I'm Matthew Byrne, a traditional singer and guitarist from St. John's, Newfoundland. I'm a solo performer, and I'm also lead singer and bazooki player with the Dardanelles. If you're a fan of great folk and traditional music, you'll find it here, where Ron is dusting off old gems, as well as showcasing what's new and exciting in East Coast folk. It's of the victory of the Nile. Once more we'll make Britannia smile. All right, everybody, that was Arriving to St. John's, which coincidentally happens to be the theme song, the opening introduction to this podcast, and has been since its inception. Over the course of Emile Benoit's career, he drew attention not only to his own province and country, but across this country and into the United States. Several awards have been bestowed upon Emile Benoit in recognition of his contribution to both English, Canadian, and French Canadian society. In 1988, Memorial University of Newfoundland awarded him an honorary Doctor of Laws degree. While in the same year, the Fédération des Francophones de Terre-Neuve et du Labrador granted him the Prix Roger Champagne for his contributions to the province's francophone population. Also in 1988, the Société Nationale de l'Acadie recognized Emile with the Médaille Léger Como, whose past recipients, by the way, include such distinguished individuals as former French President François Mitterrand. Meanwhile, in 1992, Emile was handed a Lifetime Achievement Award by the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Arts Council. 
Well, it is worthy of note that while Emil had no formal training in music and music composition, he was a master of the fiddle and created much of his own music, perhaps as many as 200 songs. Because of his creativity, he was the subject of a doctoral thesis done in 1987 by Colin Quigley at the University of California entitled Creative Processes in Musical Composition, French Newfoundland fiddler Emile Benoit that I referenced earlier on. Uh, honors also included, uh, in fact, he was uh, named after a senior's housing facility, or I should say a senior's housing facility bearing his name, opened in Stephen Mill Crossing. In 1994, I had the pleasure of visiting there, and he posthumously won the award at the 1993 East Coast Music Awards, and that will be coming up uh, here next month. Amongst French Newfoundlanders, opinions of Emile Benoit varied over the years, moving from an early humorous perception to a later open admiration and pride in his achievements, for he was quite possibly left a legacy only rarely said of entire groups of people. Even in the face of impending death, he remained true to his love for the violin, performing as late as July 1992, just two months before his death. Emile recorded his final album the same year he passed away. Vive la Rose is a collection of French music that has been intermixed with Scottish traditions and styles. Sing Out magazine described it as a charming assortment of mostly original tunes. Benoit is a true master, and the CBC's Peter Zosky described it as a Canadian master. In the album, Benoit's music ranges from a slow waltz in the traditional French style to fast jigs that seem totally Scottish. Some are instrumentals, while others have vocals and a few actual songs. The band comes together wonderfully and does a fantastic job of harmony and backup. The music is beautiful and great for dancing. Beside Benoit on the fiddle and vocals and feet, the band features a who's who of Newfoundland traditional music, including Pamela Morgan on background vocals, acoustic guitar, synthesizer, tin whistles, Noel Dean on the Boran background vocals, Kelly Russell on bazooki, mandolin, mountain dulcimer, Christina Smith on supporting fiddle, violin, and cello, Sandy Morris on acoustic guitar, electric guitar, and dobro, Rob Laidlaw on bass guitar, Frank Marr on the button accordion, Jeff Panting on the piano accordion, and Royal Bryan Jr. on the Jew's harp. And speaking of Christina Smith and all the players who performed on Vive La Rose, I had the great pleasure of speaking with Christina the other day, just a couple days ago, who I just mentioned as one of the artists who performed on the album. Christina is one of the heralded fiddle players on the east coast of the province in St. John's, and for years has played with Gene Hewson, who in addition to serving for years as the head of the annual Newfoundland Labrador Book Festival, is also a fabulous guitar player and teacher, and I can attest to the latter personally, having taken a lesson or two, and I wish I could have taken more. So from Vive La Rose, here are Noel Din, Pamela's Lonely Nights, Christiana's Dream and Tootsie Wootsie, and the title track, Vive La Rose. Say it when you're ready.
and my man delay Oh, they only the rose More and my man delay Oh, they only the rose She raped it for the swine Vive la rose de l'ivillage J'y répète pas ce soir Vive la rose de l'ivillage Elle va s'envoyer une autre En déant vive la rose Elle va s'envoyer une autre En déant vive la rose je le sais qu'elle reviendra Vive la rose de l'évillage Je le sais qu'elle reviendra Vive la rose de l'évillage On dit qu'elle est très belle On dit on vive la rose On dit qu'elle est très belle On dit on la rose mais y'a plus belle comme moi vive la rose de l'évillage mais y'a plus belle comme moi vive la rose de l'évillage on dit qu'elle est malade on dit on vive la rose on dit qu'elle est malade Ron Moore, Sounds Atlantic. I'm Wayne Chalk from Newfoundland, the singer-songwriter with Buddy Wass's name and the other fellas. I would strongly suggest that you join Ron on a regular basis and experience the best in traditional and current musical offerings from Atlantic Canada. I mean, Ron has got to be good, right? He's got Newfoundland blood. And to hear poor Uncle John mumbling wishes to O'Neill it made me feel like everything
And speaking of Christina Smith and all the players who performed on Vive La Rose, I had the great pleasure of speaking with Christina the other day, who I just mentioned as one of the artists who performed on this album. Well, Christina is one of the heralded fiddle players on the east coast of the province in St. John's and for years, as played with Gene Hewson, who in addition to serving for years as the head of the annual Newfoundland Labrador Folk Festival, is also a fabulous guitar player and teacher, and I can attest to the latter, personally, having taken a lesson or two and wishing I could take more. Christina had these recollections about the time she spent with Emil. Oh, Emil was delight. He was uh, um, always in a good mood and uh, um, always, uh, uh, he was a real joker. He'd, uh, you know, always uh, making making you laugh. And uh, so, you know, um, and uh, um, and a really amazing fiddler, too. I mean, the, the great thing with Emil was that uh, every fiddler he ever encountered, he would always study what they did. And, and then pretty soon you'd be seeing, it, okay, well... Uh, I think he, you know, he met Seamus Cray and he saw Seamus Cray playing in, in, up in positions, right? <laughs> so uh, the, before you know it, Emil's doing that too. So, you know, he just, uh, he kind of studied. Uh, he never he never stopped learning, put it that way. Fascinating. And uh, for the benefit of those listening in today from around the world, Seamus Cray was a famous Irish fiddler, is that right? Uh, yes, he was, uh, he was uh, uh, laterally lived in Cork, but he spent about five years in Newfoundland. Uh-huh. So. After after whom a festival has been named. That's for sure, yes. Well, you played uh, fiddle with, with Emil, uh, I, I, I guess, in, in various, uh, on various occasions. Could you describe some of those gigs for us? Well, um, um, there was a wonderful time. We all went to Lunenburg together and uh, played at the Lunenburg Folk Festival, and that was, uh, that was a joy. Um, I, uh, my goodness, I think I was in my 20s. When, when that happened. Um, and then I remember coming back on the plane and, uh, all of us in the, the, sitting up at the bulkhead playing our fiddles, right? <laughs> Emil, he couldn't keep the fiddle in the case, right? If there was, wherever, wherever he was stationary, the fiddle would be out. And I remember going to, um, to, um, uh, Saint Pierre with him. That was, that was basically for, for a holiday. Um, and, uh, but we all had our fiddles and, uh, there's myself and my boyfriend and a girl. Uh, a friend of mine, and, and Emil just happened to be in St. John's, and so he came too. Right? Isn't that and, uh, and by the time we got across the the uh, uh, tickle, the um, um, everybody in St. Pierre knew he was coming, and there was a big session laid on at the, the Hotel Robert, and uh, um, we were all sitting there playing, and and uh, um, a pints and um, and uh, uh, drinks just kept appearing in front of us, and I just you know had to leave after a little while. I couldn't. You know, but but people were it's so kind and and uh, it was just such a, an adventure, and um, um, and then you know he'd be coming into St. John sometimes. He used to stay with me the odd time when uh, um, when he couldn't stay out at uh, he used to stay out in Torbay with Gerald Thomas, and uh, and if they if he and Madeline were away, then then Emil would stay with me, and uh, and I would come home and everything would be fixed in the house. You know, oh my had, goodness. Uh, you know, uh, 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 the range hood was a little crooked. I'd come home, and the range would be all fixed up straight, and all the doorknobs would be tightened, and, you know, stuff like that. Just uh, Apparently, yeah. he was a jack of virtually all trades. Oh, Emil, yes. He could, he could, he could literally put a nurse in a cat. You know, <laughs> he, and, uh, you know, he, uh, I remember he, uh, uh, he was a bit of a, a doctor of sorts. You know, he, I remember having a sore throat once, and he charmed it for me. 
So uh, my goodness. Well, apparently he delivered one of his own children. Uh, oh yes, I think, uh, and uh, and his <laughs> sisters also. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Maybe it was his sisters. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, Christina, when 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 you when you think about it, what what how would you describe his impact on fiddle playing in Newfoundland? Oh, um, he, I think he had a very strong impact. I mean, uh, uh, Emil was um, um, he could play in any different style. I mean, he knew the difference between like uh, uh, Irish and Scottish style and uh, and what ornaments were you know went with which one and uh, um and uh, and then Acadian style and you know he just uh, was a, a master fiddler in 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 all different styles and uh, um i think that it, for us a long time a lot of newfoundland fiddle was really oriented around the scottish style or not scottish style but uh, uh irish style on the east coast in particular and uh, i think it was a meal that kind of um brought other styles over on this coast when he started coming over. You know, it wasn't all about the Irish music. It was, you know, um, about uh, um, other things, you know, the Cadian. And he sort of, I think it, he was instrumental in really introducing, um, you know, the, the Acadian style and, and, and to a certain extent the Scottish style also on the East Coast of Newfoundland. Fascinating. Well, when you think of that, uh, any particular artists come to mind who you think uh, were impacted by uh, Emil, artists of the of your of your era? Oh well, certainly anybody in Figgy Duff, um, uh, Dave Panting, um, um, Pamela Morgan, um, uh, Anita Best, um, everybody, uh, Kelly Russell, every one of us who was you know. Um, in that generation, um, when we, we met Emil and played with him, and you know, it just learned so much from him. Fascinating, an amazing man. Emil's dream was a song he composed when he arose in the middle of the night, mind entirely fixed in a tune that had been running around in his head non stop. So he leapt out of bed, played the fiddle for a half an hour, and then called his sister in the middle of the night to incite her to record his tune. Here he is. In his own words. Yeah, well, <coughs> three years ago, 1988, was <laughs> I went to bed that, that night. It's a special night now. So, it was in, in March, you know, cold weather and this and that. So around three o'clock in the morning, I wakes up with a dream. Mass was so beautiful in my brain, in my intention. I jumped right up and I went and I hooked the violin and I played it. I played it. I played it for a half an hour. La, I had no tape recorder at the time. I had one, but we broke down. So anyway, I had a sister not too far from where I lived. So I got on the phone and I started coo, a coo, a coo, a coo. Very gay, you go, bumper. She got up, and she wasn't pleased. Not the Well, anyway, I said, "Hey, just your brother Emil." Uh, I said, "I had it. That's important." It's an emergency. 
Yeah, what is wrong? Well, I said, look, uh, I dream. I just dream about a, 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 a jig, we call that in, in, in English. And uh, I want for you to get that tape recorder you got there and tape it. Because I'm afraid to freak to, to, to lose it, forget it or whatever. She said, yes, 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 yes. Well, okay, she got it. So I played it. Yeah, well, now. Not too long, you know, just a couple of, couple of turns, a couple of notes, whatever. Then I went back to bed. Next morning, I got up seven o'clock. Ain't not, in the, in the same time. It's not next morning because it was not too far away. Love. Got up, made the stove, and I take my vine, and then I'm, I, I, I'm searching for it. I'm looking for it. And I try. No. Gone, 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 gone. For one, it's in my life. I had a hair dream. Something that I love so much, and it's gone. Look, so I get on the phone. She wasn't out yet. Oh, she's still in bed. So I ring, ring, ring. And she comes to the phone again. Boy, I said to talk to a whole man. I said, that's him, man, your brother. Yeah, I said I wants to get that. I lost it. I wants to get to get that tape recorder to you know, play it for me. So she got tape recorder, just a couple of notes. Okay. So I took the violin and played. And after that, I never forgot it. And I never forget it. And there's the way it goes. It's a miller dream. I call it. Emil Benoit summed up his own character and attested to his sense of humor when he said the following of his mission in life. Faire rire le monde et puis essayer de mettre le monde heureux. C'est euh, ma vie, ça. Je me gâcherais à la mer si je pouvais vous faire assez, vous faire rire. Ouais, ouais, puis je sais, euh, je sais même pas nager. And if I translated that, he said to make people laugh and to make people happy. That's my life. I'd toss myself in the sea if it would make you laugh enough. Yep. And I don't even know how to swim. Yes, indeed. Emil Benoit is a father of the fiddle in Newfoundland and Labrador in the Appalachian mountain chain of the province's west coast. 
So let's go out with another of his compositions called This Land We're Walking On, from his final album Vive la Rose, that he recorded during the final year of his storied life. Walking on, it all belongs to you. The land we're walking on, it all belongs to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, let us walk with you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, let us walk with you. Give us the forgiveness. And let us walk with you Give us the forgiveness And let us walk with you Hallelujah, hallelujah Let us walk with you Hallelujah, hallelujah Let us walk with you Let the gate of heaven open And let us walk in with you Let the gate of heaven open And let us walk in with you Hallelujah, hallelujah Let us walk in with you Hallelujah, hallelujah Let us walk in Hello folks, my name's Anita Best and I'm a traditional singer living in Grossmore National Park in Newfoundland. We happen to be listening to the effervescent and debonair Ron Moores on Sounds Atlantic, the best show for down-home music in all of Canada. When the wind swept down upon us, making days dark as night. And that's the conclusion of episode 226 of the Sounds Atlantic podcast. Hope you enjoyed our third feature on music from Newfoundland, Appalachia, and uh, which we had the spotlight on the second of two fathers of the Newfoundland fiddle, Emil Benoit. 
And I'd like to thank all of you for taking your valuable time to listen in from across Canada, the U.S., the U.K., France, Ireland, Russia, Germany, Australia, Portugal, and Brazil. And welcome also to all of you who have tuned in from our 10 most listened to cities this week. They are Toronto, Ontario, Yorktown Heights again in New York, Halifax, Nova Scotia, London, England, Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, Dallas, Texas, Montreal, Quebec. Dublin, Ireland, and Mount Pearl in Newfoundland and Labrador. And thanks to all your new listeners we have joining us here from Carboneer and Bay Roberts, Newfoundland and Labrador, Renews, Quebec, uh, Renews, New Brunswick, I should say, Stratford, Prince Edward Island, Saint Constant, Desaranto, Saint Constant, Quebec, Desaranto, Osgood, Stony Creek, Belleville, and Lindsay, Ontario, Bedford and Fall River, Nova Scotia, Winter Park and Davenport, Florida, Flossmoor, Illinois, Allison Park in Pennsylvania, Dover, New Hampshire, Salt Lake City, Utah, Pine Bush, Harrison and Troy, New York, Orpington and Feltham, England, Dusseldorf in North Wine, Westphalia, Germany, and Tobolsk in Tiumen Oblast, Russia, Kuwait City in Kuwait, and Canberra, Australia. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to know you've joined us and hope you'll stay tuned. This podcast is supported by CKCU 93.1 in Ottawa, where I also host the Back 40 and uh, Sounds Atlantic is all so rebroadcast. Thanks to Anita Best and Gary Wilton on Radio VOBB 95.9 FM in beautiful Norris Point, Newfoundland and Labrador Wednesday afternoons. That's in the heart of Ghostmore National Park. That's UNESCO World Heritage Site in the Appalachian Mountains, or the Long Range Mountains, as they are referred to there, on the Great Northern Peninsula of Newfoundland and Labrador. Until next Friday, when a new podcast will come around, uh, we may not continue this feature because we have a special guest coming in with a brand new album from Labrador, so don't miss that. I'm your host, Ron Morris, inviting you to... Join us next week. Keep on the sunny side, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. See you back here soon.